Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwynn, and the Insider Crew. Thank you for joining us. It's episode 54. We're at the PCA National Headquarters. I'm around the table with Manny Albin, Damon Lowney, and Robert Forsyth is at the controls. How's everyone doing? Been a quick week for me. Yeah, you guys have, uh, we'll get into some of the fun things you've uh, been into the past couple of days. Um, I'm going to start with my disappointment. Because you promised me something yesterday, and we were hoping to talk about it today, well, but we're still waiting for FedEx to arrive. Yes, FedEx has let us down <laughs> big time. It was supposed to our Kringles uh, hmm. were supposed to come yesterday, uh, overnighted. Oh yeah, I guess FedEx doesn't understand what overnight means. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I hope they're so good. I hope they're not being consumed by the driver. Well, it says out for delivery. So, out for delivery. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're gonna. We're looking for, we're, you know, yesterday I was thinking I was standing by the door watching every car go by <laughs> like a kid. Yeah, my coffee ready and, and, and nothing. Nothing. I had everyone in the office excited about them. And- but, but thank goodness there was a backup because Laura came in to celebrate pie day. We didn't, did you pick the pie or? She picked the pie. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was like a chocolate pie. So at first I was like, well, I don't want to ruin my palate because the Kringles are coming, but. I couldn't avoid it, so I had a slice. <laughs> so we spread it across two days. So maybe it did work out. <laughs> All right. So I just want to make sure um, a little housekeeping here. If you enjoy the episode, please be sure to click like. Love seeing your comments. And, of course, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Um, it always, it always, you know, uh, I'm always surprised at how far of a reach our podcast has. And I want to thank those that are listening in Taiwan. Those that are listening in Croatia, those that are listening in South Africa, and even in Portugal, to name a few. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I wonder if uh, uh, Monte Rematz is watching out in Croatia, right? Well, I do know that Mark Johnson and Timothy Arrington are watching, and I want to thank them. Uh, Mark wrote in when we were asking about what do people use to uh, to get rid of those no or they call them flying teeth or something, as he said. So he recommended this uh, product called Avon Skin So Soft. <laughs> what, oh, a nice, what a nice, what a nice name. Deal with it afterwards, or to prevent them from biting at the beginning. It's a repellent. Okay, it's a repellent. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're buying a lot of that. Yes, because that's gonna I'm going to bathe Amelia, in Amelia it. Allen's up. I'm like mascot is the no see <laughs> I'm going to bathe in it. And then Timothy shared, we were talking about in the last episode, um, my idea of caffeinated uh, lollipops. And he says his um, treat of choice for long drives is actually, and I ha- I've, I've had this before, but I didn't think about it. It's uh, chocolate-covered coffee beans. Mm, yeah, that would be good. That would hmm. be pretty good. That would be kind of like crunchy raisinets, right? Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, if the caffeine, you know, works well enough, right? You just, uh, if you're looking for something to do, like, you know, open up a sunflower seed. Yeah. It might not exactly work if you're immune to caffeine. Oh, yeah. And that's a lot of calories. If yeah, yeah. Unless you just eat the whole, the whole thing, right? The whole Anyways, bin. well, I appreciate, appreciate you uh, sharing with us uh, your thoughts. Um, so it's been cold here in D.C. I haven't been able to do much car stuff. But uh, I was able to add to my 118th scale collection um, two cars that were recently uh, purchased. One is my GTS America. Um, thanks to uh, Abe and Michael Tam. Uh, got a got a heads up on, on that availability. And then while I was at Amelia Island, I picked up I don't have any I, I don't have any 964s. So I came across this 964 RWB from People Cars. You still don't have a 964. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a stock 964. I now have a modified RWB 964 added to the collection. So that's all the car stuff that I unfortunately got to do. We, uh, you guys did some fun stuff. Uh, aside from going into the trip that <laughs> you you uh, you had, um, any other car stuff this past couple of days? <laughs> no, no, I got nope. that was a fail though, nothing. right? I got home on Sunday and uh, I was actually looking forward just to veg out in front of the TV, but my wife said, I got a surprise. We're gonna have uh, early dinner and then we're gonna go watch a movie. 
Oh boy! And I thought, oh my god, this L- is the can nice I guess? theater. Can I guess? You saw a little bit of the beginning, a little bit of the end, and nothing in between. I actually just—I think I dozed off maybe for a minute. That's it. It was the uh, Ant Man movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And the quantum—I don't know—theory or physics or something like that. <sighs> quantum manium. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> so theaters these days—if you haven't been to a theater recently, man—they have the most comfortable seats some of them are individual some of them are like love seats and some of them most of them recline they're leather it's nice and cold it's dark it's probably the most comfortable seating you could ever have however that makes you want to go to sleep like i just oh (laughs) maybe because we are we are all here at the table we uh suffer from what is it called sleep um sleep deficiency or we have Sleep deprivation. Thank you, Robert. So that's why he's in our ear, making sure this show moves along. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a challenge to stay awake at a movie theater. Yeah, well, you got to find a movie you like first. I and, uh, oh, we'll, I know. We'll what, see I, if uh, I, I Ant Man actually is a good movie. I know. What I was thinking about it. it's called Sleep Debt. All of us have sleep debt. Yeah. Yeah. So um, before we get into your 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 trip, I had this question that was asked of me because you know I say this all the time. We're very fortunate to be in you know the the car community that we're in but the question was where did it all start for you so of course you go for me i go back to when i was a kid i've always loved cars but was there so i want to pose it to you guys here including robert um you know what car if you think back started it all for you and it could be it could be a you know a an actual car a toy a you know something you saw on tv what was it that kind of started you on this automotive journey well i guess i'll go first um and it's the car if you're looking at the screen on youtube it's a little red uh tyco fast tracks which has like tank treads like rubber rubber treads you know so it can go pretty much anywhere and um this was like, so I was born in 1988. This was probably 1991, 1992. Did you get this as a birthday gift? Or? So No, it was a Christmas gift. Christmas gift, okay. And um, so I didn't really know what cars were, except that, you know, you drove around in them, and I liked fast cars. So this uh-huh. was kind of the first RC car I ever got that I asked for Christmas, and it was really, really fast for an RC car that was like Tyco. Yeah. And um, it started from there on out every year I asked for a, uh, an RC car for, from Santa. Oh, that's so cool. I, you know, built up 10, 15 RC cars over the years. And this one, the fast tracks was, was always the fastest, uh-huh. no other car until I got to like the team associated yeah. and team low C sort of the big boy car right, right, would, right. would never go quite as fast. Um, and then somewhere in between getting that fast tracks and those team associated, those bigger, faster cars, I was introduced to Porsche by my aunt and uncle. Mm. So it wasn't Porsche. It wasn't a real car. It was just a little Tyco RC car. That started the passion, yeah. Yep. And for those of you that are, you know, that you have young ones as well that maybe want to introduce them to the automotive world, like building an RC car is probably one of the best things that you can do. They they have some great kits at uh, companies now they a lot of companies make ready to run cars which are ones where you just put the battery and go but there's still companies that um tamia uh, is one of them that i can think of off the top of my head hpi and a couple other ones low season they're still out there mm-hmm. but those are the ones where they come in like i want to say 500 pieces and you just yeah. take your time building them but what's nice is you can you know learn how an actual shock works. You can learn how setting an alignment on a car, the different motors, the different batteries, and all that kind of stuff. Like you can learn a lot of vehicle things mm-hmm. with an RC car. So oh, if yeah. you have someone that you think you might want to send down that path, consider an RC car. Uh, Robert, I'm going to go to you. What was your uh, what was your car that started? Oh, the Countach at 14. Very nice, nice choice. So I definitely remember that car, uh, that probably the opening scene from Cannonball Run. That's probably when yeah. uh, most yeah. of us saw that car. And, and Was that uh, the black one with like the bajillion tailpipes? Yeah, 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 yeah that was awesome. And it was outrunning um, the police cars and doing <laughs> shenanigans. How about you, Manny? I wonder if the soundtrack was really that of the Lamborghini. Um, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. It I sounded know. legit. It was as real as, uh, as, as many of those exhaust pipes were real. Right. Well, I, in the movie, I think it only had 
it had the actual four exhaust pipes. It had four? Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, it was stock. It was a okay. stock car. Yeah, yeah. But this, I mean, seeing the 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 doors that swing up and you know, it, it was for its day and still today is such a Ford looking car. And yeah. even though. Even even if it's not truly as aerodynamic as it looks, it still just looks so cool. And it, yeah. well, there's one here in uh, the Maryland DC area that's at uh, Katie's and Cars and Coffee. I think it's a white one that. Uh, yeah, I've seen that before. You seen that one? Yeah, years yeah. ago. It's now. still like I I still, yeah, that car looks so cool. Yeah. How about you, Manny? What started it for you? A slot car set. It was a a slot a, car. Nine seventeen slot car set, and I oh. used to. Uh, Maybe I was ten years old or something, but it, it had headlights that lit up, and Very I would cool. uh, I would uh, set it up to where they would run by themselves. You just put like a rubber band on the controller uh-huh. at a certain speed so you wouldn't fly off the track. And uh, I would just pretend it was at Le Mans because it was at nighttime, and I thought that was the coolest coolest thing that cars raced at night. And uh, I think that was the beginning of what got me interested in cars and Porsche. And, uh, For those of you that aren't watching uh, on YouTube, it's a uh, Golf Livery 917, and it's interesting that the uh, the tires in the back are white. Yeah, I think they were stickier in stickier. the rear uh, than the front. Um, HO scale, it was. Um... So slot cars growing up, like that was pretty common. I, I don't, probably not. I com- never, probably I not never common for you, Damon. Yeah. But there are actually hobby shops that had big slot car tracks that we would go to, and you know they would have. I guess leagues or whatever you want to call it. I remember it. the mid nineties, I belonged to a league near the yeah, house that yeah. raced uh, slot cars and they were pretty hardcore. Oh yeah. They oh were, yeah. Uh, I mean, they, the, everything was built up on the cars. Everything was modified and all these little HO scale cars. <laughs> so, so shout out to the Chesapeake region. They still have a slot car night. And so, you know, back in the day, I raced slot cars as well. And when I heard that Chesapeake region was doing a slot car night, I was like, oh, I'm going to bring my A game. And I didn't realize, like, they weren't, like, super serious about it. So I <laughs> so I bought, I think I bought a, uh, a 550 Spider, and I took it all apart, and I changed out the magnets. I changed out the motor. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I showed up, and they're like, that car is not stock. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I didn't realize we can't modify because it was just like lapping people. <laughs> That's funny. I remember uh, Bob Gutyar one time. He uh, he had a car. I think the brand was Fly, and uh, it went off the track. And I when I went to put it back on, it like grabbed the track. <laughs> grabbed the track. So I picked it back up, got a piece of uh, spare track, put it on there, and then put it upside down. <laughs> and I looked at him. I said, "How do you explain this?" <laughs> Whoops. He was like, "What? It's stock." I'm, it's stock. Yeah. Right. Was like a, underneath, there was all these extra magnets oh, that yeah. he put on it. Yeah, slot cars like RC cars too. Is you know, there's a lot of different things that you can do to. <laughs> You know, lower it, get the magnet closer to the track, get different motors, different tires. The only thing worse yep. than that and cheating that I remember was uh, the Cub Scouts and Pinewood Derby. Oh, uh, I never I, did that. Oh, Ooh. my God. You could, uh, when my kids were going for Cub Scouts, I remember um, then, you know, the internet was around. So you, you start Googling and there were so many places that sold cheater parts. But you could get balanced. The axles were just nails. Uh-huh. But you would get balanced uh, axles, which were perfectly uh, the, you know, round, if you will. Uh-huh. The same thing with the wheels and, and bodies that were already done up for you and with lead put inside of them. Oh, my and, gosh. And in places. Yeah, I, I thought, man, I, would, I was racing club racing at the time, and I thought these guys would put club racers <laughs> to shame, shame when it comes yeah, right? to ways you could cheat in, uh, in Pinewood Derby. Because the, the key was the car had to run on three wheels. Because it was less resistance, oh! So you would have to balance it so it would run. So it it looks it has four wheels. It but looks only, like the fourth wheel is touching, but it's not. But it's not. You're trying to reduce as much resistance, really, while keeping it straight. Yeah, it was very. Uh, huh. I used to always think that what they should do is just give these kids a kit, give them one hour to, to build, build it by themselves, then race them. Oh, as opposed to bring her one already. Oh yeah, they would show up, and you know, like if you were to ask the kid how he built it, he would look at his father because you could tell the dad uh, did all the uh, machine work and paint work. And, you know, speaking of Derby, one thing that as a kid, I wish I had the opportunity and I don't even know if they do them anymore is a soapbox Derby racing where you just like build a car strap, get in and go down a hill and hopefully you stop. Like, is, do they did even you do those? Try to squeeze in one of those? Huh? Did you ever try to fit in one? Of those? Um, have I you seen one in person. No. Okay. Have, yeah, so do they still do those things anymore? Well, they do it, I think, in Indiana. 
Indiana. Yeah, what was that what? movie? It was wasn't it like the Little Rascals or something? In the yeah, like this. <laughs> that's yeah, all I can I, think. I, of. Yeah, do it in Indiana where the 500 is. I think like, that's where yeah. I believe. I'm sure you do it in other places, but obviously you got to have a nice hill. Yeah. But I thought the championships are. That's also a thing where I'm sure it's like the the what you were just talking about yeah, is companies all, are building. I think yeah, um, fiberglass bodies. And, I don't think Porsche got into soapbox racing, but something similar. And I think Mercedes and a bunch of them did something similar where they were running these kind of you know, yeah. soapbox cars that had no no power source. So they were just using. I know um, what you're talking about. I've gravity. seen those before. Yeah. So displays. so as an adult now, obviously I'm not going to go into a soapbox derby race, but I do love watching. I think it's it's promoted by Red Bull, and it's like people have these themed yeah. cars, and they go down and they crash into these bales of hay. I, I that looks like, that looks like a lot of fun. I can watch that all day long. Yeah. <laughs> or fl- it's flying off the uh, it's that annual race where they try and build a plane. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Go into the water. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. one that goes down, the, the one that stays on the land the whole time and goes through a course. Right. And, and uh, they could be, I like it because they're all so confident at the beginning. Yeah. And then midway through, so like, yeah, this will work. It's, it's, it's almost like life. It's <laughs> like you're so confident that midway through, you realize you made a wrong decision <laughs> and then you're paying for it the rest of oh, the way. Oh, yeah. Down. Oh, yeah. And then when they go flying out of their car, it's, yeah. it's, oh. it's fun to watch. All right. So for, for my car, th- you know, cars has always been a part of my life. But, you know, when someone asked me that question, thinking about a real car that really made an impression, on me because up to this point most of the cars in our family were kind of you know excuse me like daily driver or just like family cars nothing like sporty um or anything like that until my uncle graduated from college and got his first engineering job and he went out and bought a Scirocco s and that thing to me was just like ooh, so cool because it was sporty it had like this cool steering wheel one wiper it had yeah one wiper it had the uh white lettering on the on the the, tires um, golf ball uh stick shift golf ball stick shift um the the dashboard the uh, over the gauges i always remember like the plastic over the gauges was kind of pointed it's so futuristic and um so so at the time my my parents lived in uh mobile alabama but my grandparents lived in new orleans and uh my uncle i forget why the reason was like my parents had went ahead or something like that but they asked my uncle to pick me up and take me to new orleans i'm like cool get to ride Mm -hmm. an uncle's Scirocco and I don't think he can get in trouble because this was so long ago but you take I-10 basically from Mobile to to New Orleans it's just a straight shot it's like a straight shot for the longest time so we're in the car you know heading out and then like you know like half an hour into it he's like you want to drive and I'm like (laughs) I think at the time I was probably eight years old not even eight years old maybe seven years old and so I just climbed into his lap he obviously did the controls with the you know the speed and brakes and stuff like that and he let me hold on to that steering wheel for at least an hour or two hours wow and i'm sure we pass people i'm sure we pass police officers yeah right but i don't remember like it being an issue like him telling me to go back in my seat and i got to drive on i-10 for the longest and i remember my hands would start sweating because i was so nervous and he would take over the steering wheel and i put my hands over the air conditioning <laughs> just to dry them off and i continue to drive but anyways that's that that car um probably had one of the biggest impacts on me because it was like the first cool car it also was the first car that taught me uh my deep a detailing um you know faux pas which is my uncle loved the car got the car wanted to keep it nice and new put a fresh coat of wax on it and like i think the week he bought it he went to whatever AutoZone was called back then, and he thought he bought wax, but he bought compound. Uh oh. And he started to compound the car, and the some of the stripe came off, and some. Oh man! Like luckily, it didn't like do a you know big mess, but yeah, it was bad. Like mess. he was, I mean, he was, yeah, he was. It's a big whoopsie. Pretty, pretty big, big whoopsie. So I always now from that point, I've always respected uh, compound versus wax. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get into. I'm so jealous that you guys got to take the trip south to the Revs Institute. Yeah, no, that was um, that was a fun trip. Uh, it was for a Panorama article that Manny is writing, and then uh, when we realized we were this, um, I guess the scope of what the article and video were going to become, uh, we realized let's hire the big guns, and we uh, hired a couple of videographers that we use 
Um, and good thing we did because we had 15 cars to film there. Now, that, now where is the Revs Institute? It's in Naples, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Mr. Collier, Miles Collier, is the owner of it. And um, I believe it opens a couple days per week to the public. You have to make reservations to go there. And then 150 volunteer docents. And is it a all Porsche collection? Not all Porsche. No. Okay. In fact, it's probably only, I mean, Porsche is probably the biggest single mark represented there. Okay. But probably, I don't know, a quarter of the cars are probably I'd say Porsche. the minority is American cars. Okay. Very yeah. few okay. American cars. I heard one of the docents say, uh, my specialty was always muscle cars. And I thought that's what this museum had. <laughs> well, and then I nope. come here and find out that the, my muscle car knowledge isn't going to be much use. Yep. I mean, to their credit, they had a a couple crazy Cadillac Lamar cars. Um, and I'm, man, I'm, I'm not. Cunningham. Briggs Cunningham. Briggs Cunningham car. I, I'm not too familiar with pre-war and older classic American muscle and race cars, but there was some cool stuff there. Corvettes, uh, the Stingrays, C2s, um, race cars, some really cool stuff. But a quarter of it, I would probably say, dedicated to Porsche. Mm. Um, it's a big museum, so that's still a lot. Probably, I don't know, probably 20, 30-something Porsches in that whole museum. Now, is it um, display only, or do they work on cars? No, they, they all run. They all run. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep. And they take some of the engines out. It looks like I don't know if, I mean, the 914.6 GT that was there, the engine was sitting next to the car, so there was no engine in the car. In the car. Not sure if all the cars are quite like that, but uh, their engine sitting out there. So if you wanted to see what a 917.10 turbocharged engine looked like, there is one there. They, um, they have a full restoration shop on mm-hmm. premises. I mean, wow. a complete yeah. shop paint shop and everything and they had a work um which i I was showing you pictures of which i think would be great for us they had a workflow chart i was looking at in their um in the restoration room and had all the tasks that needed to be done Mm -hmm. and some of them were just exercise vehicle which vehicle they had to exercise nice and who was going to do it and this and it looked like a you know monthly rotation of cars that they would um Exercise. So for yeah. those of you that are just listening audio only, um, if you get a chance, you might want to you know, listen to this section on YouTube because there, mm-hmm. there are some nice photos that Damon's sharing. And of course, we're going to have the full video later that you can check out. Yeah, so this video, um, it went from basically we're going to film and shoot this whole thing, this video and an article at the Collier Collection to we're going to shoot all the cars, 15 cars that detail... 1951 with the 356 SL all the way to 1971 when Porsche dominated at Le Mans and what happened in those intervening 20 years. Um, and uh, we, we've decided that it, it des- deserves a bit more. So we'll be talking to a couple other people who are experts in the field about the different eras of cars that we're profiling. But it should be a, quite a good long documentary video um, later in the year before Ren Sport. It's kind of in celebration of uh, Porsche's 75th year. So I see a lot of photos of Porsches, but I do see this amazing VW Beetle. Yeah, that, that was that was very cool. That was like kept in the back. Yeah, and this is where actually we stored our gear before the next day because the public was coming. So the guys there, who I got to say, the people at the Revs were very mm-hmm. gracious and helped us with anything we needed. They because uh, we were there Friday, and Friday they were closed, but the um, employees were there, so we had to run of a. Uh, the whole Porsche wing without to any people getting well, in the, the way. Well, Peterson was there filming as well, actually. Oh, really? So we, got to, we, we got to meet some videographers. There was no, the there was no, uh, no um, patrons coming yeah, to look no at the cars, so awesome. we were um, pretty much by ourselves. And uh, near the end of the day, when we were packing up our stuff to come back to the next morning, he said, store it in here. So we see this Beetle, and I started walking up looking at it, and uh, I could see that it had 12-volt lights, mm. but the fenders weren't from a 67, which is when they began the 12-volt lights. And uh, I asked him, I said, is, is it a 67 that's been modified? He goes, this whole thing's been modified. Take yeah. a look. Yeah. And he took us to the uh, back of it, and uh, it has a flat four, I think, two liter um, yeah. engine on it, uh, built by Jake Raby. Yeah, it's a very unique and engine. The, I, uh, I think I've fan. seen this engine on his Facebook, and yeah. there's something really special about it, how that the belt kind of curves around and goes to the top of the it's fan. It's almost like a Corvair. Man, uh, Corvair yeah, has amazing. almost the same setup with that uh, belt uh, design. So this was Miles Collier's personal car, mm-hmm. like back in the day. Um, no, everything was sure. runnable. So, yeah, I'm not sure how long he's had this car. Oh, okay, but yeah. yeah, I just thought it was a Beetle, oh, very nice window, Beetle, oval yeah. window, um, speedster seats. Yep, has um, a 356 or maybe was it early 911 uh, brakes? Wow, suspension. 
Yeah, so I, I texted. Cool. Um, we've worked with Jake before, and so I texted him and said, "Hey, I've I've seen your car. You know, one of the ones I've seen on social media that he builds oil filler." Uh, uh, he said that this is more Porsche than Beetle. Than v- Beetle. Yeah, this That's is very cool. definitely more Porsche than Beetle. It's tastefully done. Oh, and yeah. It's like you can tell it's kind of special, and you notice that it is modified, but it's not like over yeah. the top modified. It still yeah. looks very vintage. No, mm-hmm. it's definitely a sleeper. I mean, yeah. if I pulled yeah. up next to you, you would think it was a oh, yeah. stock Beetle. There's yeah. nothing. And then there's no more vents on the deck lid or anything. It's uh-huh. all. Uh, it's all stock. That's why it kind of threw me off what I was looking at. Yeah. Just the headlights is what gave it away because that's not an old style right. uh, headlight. And, Imagine uh, 200 horsepower and probably what, 1,500 pounds or something? That, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would be Great. the original Herbie. Yeah. yeah it would uh, be pretty cool. So what what Porsche really caught your eye or you haven't ever seen in person before? Um, I think I've seen uh, most of those cars at shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I saw their 914.6 GT ever at a show and that was the one that was uh part of the poster called uh it's a marathon de la route which was an 84 hour race at the Nürburgring. and um i know vic uh, brian redman who was our um one of the one of the uh drivers we interviewed he um had never raced in that race but mm-hmm. Doug elford did and i remember vic telling us about uh the fact they race for 84 hours. Think wow. about that. Yeah. <laughs> that is like insane. 84 hours of anything. This is isn't a long like time. A, yeah. you race during a day and then yeah. you go back. This is the whole time they're racing That's for 84 crazy. hours. It makes 24 hours seem like a uh, practice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, so, anyways, the, the, the famous shot is on the posters. You have the 914s winning, I think, one, two, three. And so, this is one of the cars that won. Uh, uh, that race and it, we did you know bob miller uh, he had that 914.6 gt which did we come out that video yet? yes we did okay yeah, a few weeks ago. um so that uh details what makes a 914.6 gt and um they showed in the video we filmed he showed the balsa wood and mm-hmm. uh did it have that that roll bar extended into no, the trunk no, it didn't no. you know what else we mm-hmm. learned actually during that inter- interview is that those 914.6 gts they didn't necessarily come from the factory like that. They, they were bought as kits and then oh. put together. So, well, some of them, uh, some did come from the factory and then some were interesting. Okay. interesting. Yeah. yeah, you could buy them from the U.S. dealers. Huh. Yeah, and uh, and put them on. Um, so that's uh, that's why there's so many out there. So people ask for the provenance of what where they came from. Yeah, who built them? Mm-hmm. Whether it was a factory. I think the one at the Kyers was a factory uh, car mm-hmm. built yeah. car. But yeah, there's uh, like. Um, they got in California. He has one, but that's a not a factory built car. That was a kit uh, mm-hmm. that they bought and you converted your nine fourteen six. So yeah. without ruining your video, did I don't you think find... it'll ruin the video. There's no. still a lot to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so I guess my my mm-hmm. question is, how did Mister Collier start? Like, why did he get into Porsches? Why did he create a museum? <laughs> you know what's funny is, um, I asked that question, uh-huh. and here's me just cameras and lights everywhere, and I forget. I don't remember. I have to go. Well, go a lot back of times, a lot of times when I'm interviewing people, I don't. Yeah, you hear, don't remember exactly. You, what I don't hear said. the answer because I'm thinking about the next question. Next question that makes yeah. everyone being interviewed feel really good. By the way, <laughs> it's yeah, just. It's, uh, I'll let people know when I interview you. I'm listening to every word. Well, I'm you're listening, saying. but <laughs> I'm not. I'll, so I'll tell he, you straight up. He got started. Um, his uh, his family has always been in the cars. Oh, okay. so he was okay. kind of like genetically it was born into him oh. it wasn't something that he discovered his family hadn't discovered mm. i believe his father raced oh um cool. it was uh he raced himself miles did oh um uh brother uh, they, in they, porsches or what did you know where he raced in uh he actually his father i believe raced with um briggs cunningham that's how the whole Briggs. Oh. why why did they have so many briggs cunningham cars there at oh. lamar and uh uh, so, you know, it was just like Miles said, it was just natural for him to pick up on uh, on these uh, cars. For his eight, for his graduation from high school, he got a uh, Bally Blue 56C. What? Yeah, beautiful. And he has it on display. It's the, uh, he still has it? It's the yeah. longest owning original 356. Uh, wow. It, uh, original, all the sport options. It was funny because I heard one of the docents say, yeah, it's a special Yale Blue. And I thought, really? So it's a like a PTS color, special color they uh-huh. painted back then. So when I saw uh, Miles later, I asked him. I said, "Now is that a special blue?" And he laughed. He goes, "No, it's just Bally blue." Bally blue. I said, "Oh, because I heard something about Yale blue." He goes, "It's close to Yale blue, but no, uh-huh. he goes, it was just Bally blue." When wow! We but he's the original owner, 
still has it. And he wanted. Uh, well, he had some uh, unique things in the sense that uh, it had no um, front uh, hood. Um, I guess grab handle. Okay. So, so I thought it was a GT hood because right. it was all smooth. Smooth out. I thought yeah. it was aluminum hood, but uh, no, he just specified he didn't want anything on the front of the hood. Yeah. Had uh, big big fog lights, like an eight inch fog lights on the front. Um, had some other uh, suspension goodies on it. Mm. Um, but that's uh, uh, as original as you can get. Now it's in the uh, museum. So that's not Very a bad eighteenth. Cool. Uh, I know, right? Birthday yeah, uh, graduation from high school gift. Cool. Yeah. So his family's always, uh, and he's always been into. And the cars. So one of the cars I saw in the photos, um, a name that we're very familiar with in this region, but normally it's like on a burgundy car, and this was a white car, and it's the Bruce Jennings Speedster. I didn't realize Bruce Jennings, not Bruce Jenner. A lot yeah. of people yeah. Bruce get Jennings. Bruce I remember Jennings. when I first joined uh, PCA, I heard people talk about Bruce Jennings, and I'm like, really? The the Catholic? <laughs> in the and. It's two different people. Yeah, he was called King Carrera because mm-hmm. he drove uh, Carrera Speedsters. And um, he's legendary in the sense that uh, he actually had three Speedsters, I remember, um, Heinz Bada, his engine builder, telling me. And they were all geared differently, uh, depending on if it's a long course, a short course. And it wasn't uh, unusual for Bruce to be at a track, not be happy with the uh, the gearing, drive the car back home to Maryland, switch it out, switch out, show right back up, switch the tech sticker on his windshield. And since it was the exact same paint, same color, everything with numbers, the, the scrutineers never knew that he came that back he the next cars? day with a, with a different car, really? with different gearing. Um, but they were all career um, speedsters. And so this was, yeah, this was one that wasn't the burgundy. Yeah. It still had the uh, reason to her side badge, still had the 77 on its C production, um, Recently but, restored, I think, is what they yeah, were saying. It was, yeah. uh, it, it was a beautiful uh, example mm-hmm. of a uh, of a speedster that um, you know, big part of U.S. history for uh, for road racing in Porsche. Wow! And what I thought was really cool, there was a picture of uh, uh, Bruce driving a 911 at Mid Ohio in 1984, and his mechanic or crew chief was Kevin Jeanette. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, I was like, That's "Wow!" Cool. I'm like, "This is a pretty interesting." Uh, yeah. I didn't realize Kevin was uh, small world. involved with Bruce uh, hmm. in the '80s. Yeah. So. so, how many uh, videos do you think will come out of this visit? Don't know yet. A lot of footage. I mean, you yeah, guys were there. A lot what, of footage. Two, two days. Uh, we were there. Well, we filmed one day, and then the second day, we had to wait around a lot for an interview that was that afternoon. So we filmed a little bit in the morning, and then came back at around 3 p.m. But uh, definitely one long video that's probably going to be in the half an hour to an hour range. Nice. And then uh, potentially we might come out with little snippets on each car. Yeah. Um, you know, not as a YouTube short, but shorter style videos about those cars. So, so we'll see. There's a lot of footage. Don't know exactly what's going to happen with all of it, but we will be getting one. Right now, the working title on the article for Panos is called A uh, Blink of an Eye. Mm. Because it seemed like a blink of an eye, Porsche went from this small family-owned company that was working out of a sawmill in Austria to winning the greatest road race uh, on earth, which is 24 Hours Le Mans. And uh, it, um, you know, most companies take 50 years before they can even be competitive at Le Mans, but Porsche was able to do it on a very shoestring budget. And it, uh, it, it, the story and hopefully the video will chronicle that journey of how they uh, managed mm-hmm. to go from, you know, with a small crew of people in 51 all the way to the, the big, uh, the big dog in 1970. Yep. I should say uh-huh. Bogdan was there as well to be the photographer for the magazine article, but also got a lot of um, footage and photos for social media. For social media so yeah. we'll be seeing a lot of, you probably already, have already seen. He already some. dropped. He already dropped a couple of, yep. um, so uh, can we expect to see some of these cars at Rensport? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. four or five, I think they said. Yeah. Not yeah. all of them, but. Nice. But they all run. And so they had a um, a 917K on display that was literally put away wet. It was a uh, race and then just put away. Yeah. But they still, they still run it. Oh, it's wow. not something that hasn't been run for years. They still run the car. It's um, But they just leave it as is. As they as don't as restore it. I don't think they clean it. It's race just, patina. Uh, yeah. A lot, a lot of racing. The whole I've never seen the front end uh, so uh, pitted, mm. the fiberglass. Yeah, but he said uh, that's the way they finish twenty four hour races. Is uh, you know it was a pretty uh, beat up. <coughs> Excuse me. So not only do you 
I think people cherish that patina. But if you if you're a serious um, uh, 118th scale or even 143rd scale diecast model collector, many of the collections now, um, you know, these race cars are you know they have fake patina, race patina on these cars, and you collect you can collect them in sort of how they finish the race as opposed to a perfectly yep. clean race car. Yep. So yeah, people definitely love seeing yep. seeing the dirt. Pretty sure we've the... seen that that 917 at a rent border at some vintage race yeah. you know, i want to say what happened to this museum and this is yeah. going to happen to Rensport too and it's going to happen for a lot of people is that there's so much to see yeah that you don't know what to look at first right. and uh, this was just a handful of cars compared to what we're going to see at Rensport. Yeah. and and you wish you would have a docent to walk you around mm-hmm. to you, tell you here's one that's very important in the yeah. history of uh porsche um because they're all and they're own in their in their own right um, significant yeah. cars. I mean, I mean, we walk right by an eleven nine eleven R. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, nine eleven R looks like a regular nine eleven yeah. in this company. Yeah, so. yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, well, just like just like any you know art museum, right? To have a docent to truly understand what you're looking at and how significant it makes the whole experience <laughs> different, right? And so much better. Yeah. So, and once again, the crew there was so helpful for us. They. Uh, <clears throat> They look great in their uniforms, by the way. They yeah. were very so sharp. We're uh, looking right now on, on YouTube. Uh, this is kind of a funny thing. So in the foreground, we have Pedro, who's driven all these cars, basically, maybe except for one, holding up the 908 Langhex tail. And then on, on the other side of him, you can't see him very well, is a guy named Damon holding up the tail. Oh, you got to hold up the I've, tail. Yeah. No, well, no, 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 a different the, Damon. Oh, a different Damon. And, different there, Damon. and there was a Damien. Yeah. Damien. So <laughs> I've met, I've met less than 10 Damons in my whole life. Oh, and wow. here was one at the Revs Institute. So oh. had to point that out. I thought it was kind of <laughs> yeah, funny. Anything that we needed lifted up or engine, uh, they wouldn't, this was the most difficult, yeah. um, to lift up, but mm-hmm. they, uh, uh, they did it for us so we could get, uh, footage. Mm-hmm. And this is the one that Brian Redmond drove, uh, this is the long tail 908, so it mm-hmm. almost looks like a nine, early 917. Mm-hmm. And, and he was at Spa, and he was uh, supposed to drive the 917, but he knew the 908 was more reliable, and so he uh, pulled rank and said, I, I want to drive the 908, not the 917, which turned out to be a great decision because the car would win. Yeah. He set uh, a speed record there, I believe, one yeah. lap at 145 point something miles an hour. Yeah. Wow. Average which, speed, when you yeah. think about average speed at Spa. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, thank you very much to Mr. Collier and the crew oh, yeah. um, at the Res Institute for sh- taking the time mm-hmm. uh, to share with you. I'm looking forward to the videos, and I'm looking forward to seeing the cars at Rensport. And uh, I need to make sure I have one of you next to me so I can truly understand what I'm looking at. And all if these you're in, the, in that area, in Naples or Fort Myers, it's worth it to go online to see when they're open and buy some tickets. Uh, mm-hmm. They actually had like 350 people come yep. Saturday. Oh, wow. Yep. So they told us we could come early on Saturday to record some more, but the people would be, uh, it would open at 10. Mm-hmm. And, she said, and they said, we're hope, expecting a lot. And I thought a lot might mean 20 people. Yeah. When he said 350, I'm like, my God, really? Yeah. yeah. And you and, have to reserve ahead of time. Yeah. He said it's all sold out. Uh, wow. Yep. You, don't, you, you don't just show up and say, I want to see the museum. Okay. But they uh, have uh, very knowledgeable docents, and I would uh, encourage people who go ask any questions about the cars, because you'll hear interesting stories uh, about each one and understand the history better. And they have a a very thorough uh, collection above and beyond just the Porsche. That uh, it's it's. uh, I'm definitely gonna have to. A lot of Grand Prix cars from the thirties. It's it's uh, very cool. Uh, You could spend. uh, how did somebody say uh, we told our wives to drop us off and they came back three hours later and see we're done and we're like, we're not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. So let's move on. I see next on the list you have here is the Porsche annual report. Yeah. So uh, Porsche is one happy company. <laughs> they uh, they uh, gave their annual report and uh, yeah, evidently Oliver Bloom is going to be the uh, CEO of the year, I think. Remember, Oliver Bloom is also Bluma is also the uh, CEO of VW, so um, he has uh, hit a home run with the Porsche's uh, annual report, eighteen uh, percent average profit margin, which still isn't enough. They're going to mm-hmm. shoot for twenty percent. Uh, wow. What was it? I think profit. like a, a car manufacturer is happy over the moon to have fourteen or fifteen percent. Yeah, usually what Porsche has, I think. 
They, so they had a great year. Yeah, they um, huge operating um, operating profit of more than seven billion dollars last year. Wow. <laughs> so what does that mean to car shoppers? That means uh, prices are going up next year. Everything so, is going. So up. I'll, I'll say we uh, we had a 2022 Cayenne Turbo GT, um, whose base price. Man, I'm going to get this wrong. I, I want to say. Well, I won't have the base price. I'll just say that the 2023 model is about eight nine thousand dollars more more than the 2022 model, and the Cayenne Platinum Edition, like two thousand twenty something hundred dollars more than than 2022. Mm-hmm. So, and so yep. uh, they also announced the EV versions are coming out. We know the Macan mm-hmm. the 718 yep. and the Cayenne, mm-hmm. uh, but the key is they're going to transition, meaning that. Uh, and I know we've had members email asking if. Uh, they should run out and buy their uh, 718 Cayman because this is it. Uh, they're going to have the EVs are going to sell alongside the gas. Right. So, the, so you can choose choose your power plant, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. So I thought it was the – so I don't want to introduce wrong info. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Macan gas and electric will sell side by side. The Cayenne gas and electric will sell side oh, by side. Oh, but I think Cayman and Boxer 718 is- Cayman and Boxer, it's a hard switch. It says you'll still be able to get a regular gas version of the upcoming Macan 718 and Cayenne. Okay, really? I thought I'd read elsewhere. You know, so. I, 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 I'm, yeah. I, I know what you're saying, Damon, because I, I yeah. thought that was the case, but maybe I think they originally realized. they planned maybe to do that. Yeah, but I, I think, think they, because uh, too much blowback or something. Uh, yeah. or, once again, the transition, transition maybe yeah. a shock to the system. I think they want to show the performance capability of the. Um, mm. Yeah. Of the uh, new uh, 718, and that people may say, "Well, heck, I yeah. gotta buy this." And well, I, I think guess. the transition again. We all love internal combustion engine, but you know, when you come down comes down to performance, and say what you will about plugging in and and power and stuff like that, but more than likely, the 718 electric version is probably gonna blow the doors off of an ICE so, 718. I'm just gonna say Model Three performance driven well. At an autocross is a top time of day car. I know. Think about a 718. Exactly. Lower center of gravity. I mean, you're talking smaller. about pure performance. It's it's yep. going to be tough to beat. So mm-hmm. you know, for, but kudos to them for continuing to carry a product that uh, you know the 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 public's asking for. So mm-hmm. I just want them to. Uh, I'm glad that they're making a lot of money. I'm glad that the manufacturer is so uh, financially solvent. I want to see him win on the racetrack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No uh, doubt, so no next doubt. next podcast we'll be talking about. Uh, uh, by the time you listen to this podcast, you will have known how uh, they did a Sebring. Yeah, because you're going to um, be the man on the scene, right? Yeah, I'm leaving uh, this afternoon to go down for to cover the WEC 10 uh, hour race on Friday, and then the 12 hour race, the IMSA race on uh, wow. Saturday, Florida. So three or four separate times <laughs> in like four weeks. <laughs> I know. Wow. <laughs> Manny's gonna kill me because I'm also sending him to California for rent sport. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting uh, surprise. Yeah, um, a, a 24 so, hour turnaround. So I, I caught part of this conversation, and I guess if you can share it appropriately, you were talking something about Friday's race versus like Saturday, Saturday's race this weekend. Like so you, Friday, so it's the Penske team that's running. That's mm-hmm. a factory team. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the Hertz Yota team. Jota, I don't know if yeah. I'm pronouncing it right. That's running WC. That they have a really cool Hertz livery with yeah. the Tom Brady sponsor. The gold one? Yeah. Yeah. Um so they're they're running the WEC race. Um um World Endurance Championship. Which is Friday. 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 Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately uh, WEC still doesn't get it that uh, and they you think they would learn from Drive to Survive and how what it did for F one in the US. They they need to sell themselves to Americans to you know, get the interest. I think they think because they're popular in Europe, Americans immediately are going to follow them. And most people have no idea that this race is going on on Friday, or they're thoroughly confused as to the fact there's two different teams running, ah, even though it's all Penske, even though the cars are identical, yeah, and they even have the same uh, livery. It's um, different drivers and different um, Penske Europe, teams. Penske yeah. US, right? Exactly. I see. Uh, the only place where I think they're going to race together is here in. Uh, and Sebring, because uh, they're not racing at uh, Coda, so um, which is why it's kind of a cool weekend. Yes, exactly yeah. for the money. Uh, you know, you can get past the partying. It's St. Patrick's you're, Day on Friday not, or Saturday. Was it? You're not allowed to go to the green zone. 
What am I going to do in the green zone? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say you got to wear like rain boots every anytime you walk near it, right? So it doesn't like I, I run hardly, off. I hardly drink anything. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but I thought to myself, this is the perfect storm. Sebring with St. Patty's Day. Oh my gosh! Mm. <laughs> wow. But uh, yeah, so um, it's hard to find. You got to you got to like pay this uh, seventy or sixty dollar uh, subscription fee to be able to watch it, to stream it oh. through this app. Uh, the WC race. Oh, the 12 hours, I think, is a little bit easier. That's through Peacock, which is yeah. not mm-hmm. that expensive if you want to buy uh, um, that that uh, subscription service. But, yeah, the WC doesn't make it easy to to watch them. Uh, but they will be racing on Friday, and um, uh, so far the weather looks good. Um, Porsche, uh, they're running fifth. They, the BOP, the balance of performance, uh, changed a little bit in their favor. Uh Toyota pulled some phenomenal numbers. Uh, Toyota's probably the most organized and um, best experienced. So unless something catastrophic happens to them, they'll probably be the favored. Mm. Uh, but I think we'd all like to see uh, the 963 become more competitive. Are we Are we hoping that the 963 is sandbagging somehow and that they'll pull? <laughs> I would love for that, but I can pretty much guarantee you. That's not the case. You don't, you don't sandbag for a 24-hour race. <laughs> yeah. No, I think uh, I think they got still some working out to do, mm. um, and then the GT three Rs, which just did terrible at Daytona, they were just un uncompetitive thrown through. They were they've been giving a uh, boost in balance of performance, mm. so the instruct air restrictor, which essentially limits power, has been widened open. So uh, they're going to hopefully have uh, become more competitive mm. um, at the twelve uh, hour race. So. At least and that's the thing about this the the BOP that what's winning the race is it the development on the car is it the BOP or is it the driver? Uh, we could probably argue this oh, for forever, yeah. but I I liked it in the old days, and I know I liked it because Porsche dominated so convincingly. They followed the rules or interpreted the rules to their favor, mm-hmm. and uh, from the from the organizing body's point of view, uh, Porsche comes in and they can wipe out a series. Because they win all the time, and then the fans get tired of it, and right. they start not watching the series. That's what happened with Can Am. Mm. And in fact, the, you know, you, looking at Porsche's history at the uh, Revs Institute, you could see where they just utterly dominated, and they didn't even have any nine fifty six nine sixty twos, which mm-hmm. was a whole nother area era that they dominated, and the rules changed because of Porsche's domination. So even at Sebring, you look at the wall; they have all the winners along pit lane every year and in the manufacturer you can see this porsche just utterly Dominating. dominates yeah so um he had a bouncer performance is there to try to even things out um and uh let's let's hope it starts to even out and porsche has uh at least we see some good racing competitive racing mm-hmm. um and that- i think they want to see com- I, they want to see racing up until the end because i've been to the 25 daytona where They've had like 40 lap leads. So you're pretty much watching just to see them finish. But, you know, there's no way that anybody's going to be able to catch their person. But I think uh, with um, the NASCAR approach where, you know, the, the last lap there could still be a different winner, that makes the fans interested. Very cool. So so you're our 963 expert in the office and going down to Sebring. Uh, is your access going to change this time? Are you you're able to get in a little media, bit closer? Media pass. Okay. Um, Sebring is a. I've never been to Sebring. It's a air old airfield that's flat. Mm. So it's you um, haven't been to Sebring. No, I said you haven't been. Oh, to okay. Sebring. If you yeah. haven't, if you haven't, yep, yeah. Yep. I raced there with club racing mm-hmm. about twelve times. Yeah. And it was awesome because no one's there. No one comes to watch club racing. So uh, you could pretty much, in between races, go out to watch other races and anywhere you wanted. The first one went to the 12 hours. Oh, my God. It was all of humanity was yeah. here. And you couldn't just walk up to the fence and watch because everyone was butted up to the fence with their RVs and their scaffolding. And unlike Daytona, where you have banking, uh, or even Coda, where you have elevation changes and places to go watch, this is all flat. Um, you got to uh, try to see over everything that's a really cool thing places. is you google old uh races from like the uh 60s sebring has changed a lot and it used to be where um drivers would get lost because he would race beyond this, like these warehouses in the back part of the airfield and i remember i think mario andretti saying how uh by like uh hour five or six all the cones would be knocked down and you would suddenly find yourself 
behind like buildings and realize that you're not part of the race anymore. Oh, <laughs> you, you've driven off oh. track and now Oops. you got to find your way back on what? the track. <laughs> yeah, it's I think it was called the Speed Merchant by Michael Kaiser. There's yeah. a VHS film and they talk about it. There it was a much larger track. Now it's all it's all lined with jersey wall, so you can't get lost. Um, but uh, back in the old, watching the old films, it's uh, pretty awesome how um, how long they've been racing at Sebring. Very cool. All right, so let's talk about videos that uh, we'll be dropping soon or <laughs> recently dropped. I know uh, we're going to have a fun session on Tech Tactics Live on March 22nd, Confessions of a Porsche Memorabilia Hoarder. Yes, Prescott Kelly, one of the co-founders of the um, L.A. Lit and Toy Meet. Although I don't think that was the original name. I think it was the VW, a Porsche and VW uh, Toy and Literature Meet. I think that's what it was called originally, uh, at least when I went. But now it's um, they they ended up selling to a Stoddard, mm -hmm. and but Prescott's still very much involved, and he had a, I think we think he sold most of his collection, but he had one heck of a collection. We got yeah, to see part I think of it. Prescott is probably the first person I met in the club that had some, like a big collection of not just toys, but mm -hmm. you know like All literature, posters, cars. I mean, a pretty fulsome collection. And uh, yeah, he's probably. I think he has thinned out the herd, so to speak. But I'm sure he's got some treasures that he's going to share with us. I remember telling his wife, I said, "If you ever get mad at him and want to pay him back, <laughs> just give us a call, and you can sell this stuff pennies on a dollar." Yes, keep um, Manny away from your collection. <laughs> he so. had a, uh, a. It was an incredible um, literature and memorabilia collection. So he's going to show us. Uh, uh, some valuable uh, items, and um, we're going to bring a couple of our stuff and see what. Yeah, and see right? when, and what's what's collectible now. You yeah, know, what's uh, what can you still collect and uh, maybe worth something in the future? Be desirable in the future. And if you have anything collectible, and if you're uh, online with us uh, that Wednesday, you know, ask us and let us know, um, you know, what collectibles you might be uh, wondering if it has any particular value and or you know how how rare it actually is. Uh, April fifth, we have another awesome Tech Tactics live uh, planned. Unfortunately, I won't be in the this house. This will be for the it. first one hmm. that Bouguin has not. I hosted. know, I know, and I'm going to leave it in Manny's good hands. I'm very cause nervous because I'm usually behind the scenes. <laughs> I don't have to worry about remembering any of your uh, your uh, reminded. Thank this, thank this person. <laughs> I'm going to need a uh, Robert to hold does. a script for me. There you go. Yeah, Alwood Springer's going to be great. He's uh, come out with a book, or coming out with a book um, called uh, Racing with Porsche in North America. And Alwood Springer, it was funny because talking with uh, Brian Redman, uh, while Damon was uh, asking him questions, he brought up Alwood Springer as because uh, Alwood used to be a mechanic for Vashek Polak. And that's when the, the three, the three uh, technicians left Vashek and started Andal. And then uh, he would go on to become president of Porsche Motorsports North America. And now a consultant, and uh, the the book. I can't wait to read the book. Yeah, it's uh, got to be fascinating because every winning car it seemed from that era had the Andal sticker on it. Yeah, and uh, he's such a fan of PCA. We're so thankful that he's willing to take the time to yeah. come out and he's visit with out us live in studio. And I'm not going to be here. I know. I'm not, I wanted to host him so bad, but. Again, I'll leave it in your good hands. Uh, we also dropped a few videos the past couple of days. The Cayenne Platinum One Mile Review. Yeah. Uh, a bit of a new format. Yeah, a little bit, bit of a new extended format. version, so to speak. Yeah, extended. It's uh, a little over 17 minutes. Uh, spent probably 50% of that video talking about things that Nathan Merz talks about, or at least that's what I was aiming for, about historical context of the car, where it sits in the market, um, I went over all the options so you know exactly what I'm driving. And then mm -hmm. I got into the drive and then yeah. into the, the ratings. So um, hopefully you guys like this format. Uh, I know it's a Cayenne Platinum, and the Cayenne Platinum may not be the most exciting car uh, to, to be a new series, but we, we have a 718 GT4, 981 GT4, 718 Cayman S, and that'll be in a similar format. 718 Boxster GTS 4.0. Two comparison videos with those four cars. So uh, okay. ho hopefully, this next couple videos, which will be released on the 25th of March and then the 8th of April um, on Saturday, uh, those two Saturdays, will will maybe get a few more views, a few more comments, and you can let me know: Are we doing an okay job with that? Mm -hmm. um, Good. Yeah. So those two videos, 
uh, will be coming out at some point. We had the Nathan's uh, uh, Nathan online Porsche ex- inspections, which we had to take down after it was initially live uh, for some reasons. We'll probably just it's all good. We don't have to get into here, um, but it's up again. Um, everything is very relevant on this video. If you're looking for a car, whether that's on an auction site, like bring a trailer or you're perusing Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, and you need the knowledge to look at a set of photos, look at the description, and read between the lines. Exactly. So you yeah. don't get duped. And this is uh, and Nathan's very good because he not only buys from bringing a trailer, he sells them bringing a trailer. Mm-hmm. So uh, yep. uh, you want to talk to someone experienced about uh, online auctions. Uh, yeah. He's a great person to put this presentation on. Exactly. And all, all the, the, the skills or the techniques that he shares with you, it's for all online auctions, mm-hmm. not just bring a trailer. Uh, as as Damon said, yeah. you know, it's if good you're looking... stuff to do. You don't want to just – you want to look at these photos even if it's not an auction. But you want to really look at the car and know what you're getting into especially if you're paying a lot of money before you travel out to go see it. Right. For example. And ask the right questions. And you can yeah. ask a lot of questions that can help, you know, kick the car out, so to speak, yeah. if it's so you're not, not wasting anybody's so you're time, not wasting anybody's yeah. time. And, and what I, what I always try to, you know, instill in the, the seller, like when I'm looking into something, stuff is like, you know, if I'm asking you this, that means someone else is going to ask you and whatever we find out or whatever the truth is, you can use that to share with the next person, even if I don't buy it. Right. So Mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of great information there. Um, Speaking of great information, I want to first give kudos to Robert for capturing the session with uh, Michael Tam, the deep dive on the GT three RS that, that was very cool. Sort of something, a new format that we've done. We, you know, Manny wanted to record uh, the tech tactics live session and uh, Robert was there and he integrated the um, the slides and we had, you know, audio was fantastic. And yeah, I, I found it very, yeah, I was trying to avoid the uh, camera and tripod recording the slideshow, yep. but rather incorporate the slideshow. So the person watching at home would have a clear image. You could actually freeze it and print out the screenshot if you wanted to. And uh, this presentation is phenomenal. It's a presentation that uh, Michael at the beginning says, He's going to give it to the journalist, yeah, in a, in a couple of days uh, from when we he did it live. So it's a very very thorough uh, presentation and uh, enough to where I wrote an article for Tech Tips about it. more things we've learned about the uh, GT3 RS because he goes into the minutia. Um, the thing you got to watch is the part about the steering wheel and how one button you know you hit PASM and it's just not PASM on or off. Right. That by hitting PASM it activates the four knobs. And switches to suddenly have all the things you can adjust yeah. while you're driving. That's the best part. Yeah. And think about this, uh, just to go a little deeper, and, and how how you can potentially mess up your settings. Mm-hmm. Um, so you press PASM, and then one button is front rebound, one is front compression, then one is rear rebound, one is rear compression. Oh. Which I'm only starting, after how many years, really starting to sort of get into and make work on my own car right right oh man and i have to get under it and twist these little knobs so yeah it's a lot of power the one thing i will say is if you are not a michael tam fan after you watch this you certainly will be a michael he the dude knows his stuff and uh it's great that he represents the u.s market um and you know channels all of our requests back to ag and uh, things like this heritage uh edition is because of him and uh, the fact that we want manuals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah the the, the big, stats uh, that he gives yeah. you on uh, the manual take, take rate. rate yeah. I won't spoil it by telling you now, but if you watch it, he shares with you the manual take rate on on some of yeah. these models. And, and I I will say he's watching this video at least now that it's just been released. I haven't you know been in contact with him, but sure enough, he's watching comments. As I, I know he oh, does. Yeah. Um, he is the North American or U.S. representative. Um, I don't think that maybe YouTube has as much sway as a customer at Tech Tactics East would to ask him for, for something on a future car or a feature he wants. But, you know, comment on the video. You know, he's probably reading and you all, all you commenters probably have some good ideas about what to include on future Porsches. Absolutely. But please, yes, we know the car's expensive. Yes, <laughs> we know it's hard to get. Yes. Um, it, it kills me that people think that uh, Porsche should be the price like a Toyota. Um, I always tell people the true entry-level Porsche is a used Porsche, mm-hmm. and that varies according to your income. But you can get boxers very inexpensively if you want, really want to get into a Porsche. 
I uh, found you one on uh, this week's uh, Mart Fresh. I want 97.99. Oh, you want Loan's car? Series. <laughs> yes. Without uh, with the stock engine. <laughs> with the stock engine. Okay. <laughs> what was the one that I found? I found uh, it was an 01. 01. Okay. Yeah. Man, that was so if you, if you don't uh, read Mart Fresh and e-break news, the the car that I'm talking about was I think a 2000 or 2001. 01. 01. 01, 01 yeah. um Guards red, Boxster, fairly low miles, quite clean, looked like it was well taken care of, and that car was eleven two. Yeah, the cars are so. I mean, they're out there. So when I read comments about the oh Porsche, you're losing your. I like the ones that say you're losing your market, and I'm like, have you seen the annual report? Yeah, (laughs) they're 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 not losing anything. They Uh, can charge more. They don't. Uh, The fact that. uh, you think they're expensive? That might be a, a personal uh, choice or, yeah. or or thought. But um, but there, you, if you're you an enthusiast, in if you want a Porsche, you can get into a Porsche. It's a used Porsche, yeah. but that's the fact. Our club knows that most of our members who join their first Porsche is a pre-owned yeah. used Porsche. And that's, a perfect example of that is remember the well, you know him the the barista at the coffee shop at yeah. where we used to have yep. uh, used to have the um, the podcast recording. Like he was an enthusiast and. You know, started listening to us and uh, started hunting for his first Porsche. He's probably what early twenties and yeah. got his um his very first Boxster. And yeah. so there's there's one for every budget. The key thing is to buy the right one, and we have the resources. I'm to help convinced people. that the people that just the comment so negatively on YouTube have miserable lives. They just they just want to be miserable. Just must must so. be really tough walking around like that so miserable. Yes, let's not. So let's get into Porsche news, and uh, this one here is one of the things that i love about porsche yep. specifically porsche classic is that well, there's all- a buck to be made god <laughs> bless them they know how they, to make it <laughs> they are gonna make it so that we can buy it and so if you're in the in the market for a magnesium crankcase lo and behold porsche classic has it for you just what i needed <laughs> and i mean that's actually pretty cool that because uh, that's all we've ever said was why doesn't porsche make uh new engine cases and- there you go so I'm just waiting for the 3.6s to come out. Then I will sleep better at night knowing yeah. that yeah. Uh, you all ask now buy them, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> and buy them exactly. And what other car manufacturers supporting their classic cars like Porsche and at the volume that? Uh, and no, I don't know the price, but I can guarantee you it's not going to be as cheap as you can buy one in a junkyard or use no, one. No, uh, but the fact of the matter, you can buy a uh, brand new factory case, fresh, factory fresh that's authorized and yeah. done with the same castings and everything as the original. Uh, that's pretty awesome. So the next news item you have listed here was kind of interesting, and it has to do with a T-Rex livery. Oh, yeah, that's uh, very cool. And, and Kevin Jeanette's behind this, too. It's um, going to be racing at the um, 12 Hours of Sebring. Uh, it's uh, What I like, and I wish they would have done differently, is the little arms from the T-Rex. I wish they would have had it grabbing the door handle. Oh, that. <laughs> because it's ahead of the door handle. I uh, see the little arms on the oh, side. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but yeah, it's a T Rex. It's for the kids. Yep. So they, uh, it's very cool. Uh, livery. Gonna, I can't wait to get a, love I it. I would buy a 118 scale model of yeah. that car because it looks so, uh, so awesome. That, that should slide right into the PCA youth program. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. wheels matching. Yep. Everything's uh, very well done on this delivery of this car. I'm sure if you, if you type in uh, Porsche T Rex, you're going to come up with this uh, GT3R. It's, uh, Gonna debut. So at um, Amelia Island Works reunion, Michael Tam pulled up in a Cayenne with the uh, Porsche tent on top of it, and he opened it up and shared it with us, and it was very cool. I I don't see myself particularly needing one or using one. I don't know how, where. I don't go camping or anything like that. But for those of you that consider that is probably a bit. Um, you know, I not, didn't like it because two of us couldn't share a tent because we exceed the weight limit. We found out. <laughs> sure <you could. laughs> I was happy that you could not share that tent with <laughs> <You're> me. <right. laughs> um, but if you're looking for more room, more capacity, Porsche has something for you. And it's this Airstream travel trailer. Yeah, they designed. It's uh, pretty slick looking. Yeah. Uh, everyone knows Airstream. They're pretty uh That is the most luxurious <laughs> accommodations to tow behind that thing looks crazy cool yeah and it's that's just not the body they change the suspension it's um it still has the airstream it's like a basically a uh futuristic looking futuristic airstream Airstream. yeah Yeah. and i think the fact that you have the porsche design cred behind it um 
Yeah, I mean, it totally looks like a Porsche design product. I mean, the way yeah. they, you know, smoothed out the lines and the futuristic, as you said, and um, it has like this tailgating option that just, you know, flips out in the back and you can sit in probably, you know, Porsche type seats and stuff. Um, yeah, very sleek and cool design. But hopefully we get to see one. Maybe someone will tow one to works or tow one to a uh, parade. I'd love to see it. I think yeah, it'd, it'd be, be perfect nice. for a PCA mobile command uh, headquarters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you need to sleep in it if we're going <laughs> to afford it. <laughs> All right. So upcoming PCA events, April 5th, um, Porsche Parade Phase 2 registration. Yes. So uh, hopefully uh, you're registered for Parade and you have uh, already started looking at uh, what you can do at Parade as far as um, I think my wife's coming out to this Parade. Because she took a look look at that, all the uh, pools they have there. Mm. Um, so she says you wouldn't leave the pool area. Um, but there's obviously a lot more new to do than just the pools, uh, tours, competitive events, banquets. All that knowing ahead of time what you're going to choose will make your life easier when you go to phase two. Absolutely. Uh, phase one was easy. You just gave them your name, your credit card, and they gave you a, a hotel code and off you were done. This one's a little bit more involved and takes longer. Um, so... Uh, Figure that stuff out first. Exactly. Exactly. It'll just make your life so much easier because you can ask questions ahead of time and be prepared versus uh, looking at it for the first time when registration opens because the tours will sell out. They always sell out, and you don't want to be stuck out and trying to find tours afterwards at the hospitality area. So this next link you listed, I'm not even sure I know what this is. Or maybe it's just titled. I've been to one of these. I've been a uh, spring thing, 2016. Oh yeah, so I, was, I always try to find interesting uh, regional events. Ah, okay, gotcha. Uh, this is in the um, in the um, Smoky Mountains. Oh, I nice believe. driving roads. Yeah, in Tennessee. Uh, it's a great multi-event weekend. Uh, so where you have different um, things going on over a weekend. Uh, it's if you don't belong to Smoky Mountain, you can still come to the event uh, as long as you're a PCA member. Uh, they do a concord gimmick rally. They do tour. And then autocross. It's um, it, multi-event weekends used to be like a huge thing in PCA, and they kind of died out a little bit. But there's still some like the Chesapeake Challenge mm-hmm. uh, that still goes on. It's a great t- great way to meet new people and uh, just enjoy your car in a fairly low pressure uh, atmosphere. Yeah, there's competitive events, but you know you're doing it for fun. And if you if you go to PCA's YouTube channel, um, I actually attended a spring thing back in 2016. Um, as part of a video that I was doing, and the video on our channel is called "It's Not Just the Cars, It's the People." Oh, it's a very yeah, general yeah, sort of video about you know things you can do and and why why to join PCA, and um, you'll see quite a few shots of the spring thing there. The one thing that you'll come away with by watching that video mm-hmm. is the camaraderie. You can yep. totally see the camaraderie. Yep. Um, at that event. Yep. And then we have a club race at Road Atlanta coming up as well. Yes, that's uh, even if you. I think they allow spectators or PCA members to come watch. Um, club racing is great, especially at Road Atlanta. Peach State Region does a phenomenal job of putting this uh, this event on. And uh, if you don't know any better, you think it's a pro event from the amount of transporters that are there and cup cars. It's um, pretty legit when it comes to club racing, and it's all Porsche. That's all they allowed to run is Porsche. So if uh, you're not doing anything that weekend. Give them a call. I'm sure they would love to help if you want to volunteer. All right. So, again, just uh, from the top is, you know, if you would love to sh- I'd love to see what you uh, what started it all for you uh, in the comment section, if you could share a photo or even words of what car uh, or toy or whatever that started you down this automotive path, uh, please do so because I'd like to maybe bring that up at the in the next podcast. But for uh, other than that, thanks for listening. If you aren't currently a PCA member and own a Porsche, what are you waiting for? Grab that VIN and we'll get you signed up. For those of you that don't currently own a Porsche, check out the test drive program. Just go to PCA.org. Remember to follow our podcast Instagram page, see behind the scenes photos and videos. Porsche Club Insider, all one word. And if you want to shoot us a note, podcast at pca.org. Until next time, stay safe and we'll catch you down the road.